Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, you guys. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to the show today. We're going to talk about parenting, and it is so needed right now in our culture. I know from parents my age that have teenagers and then parents of toddlers, I think everyone's kind of wondering, what's the best for my child? I don't want to be too strict. I don't want to not be too strict. How do I raise a child that is going to become an adult that is a successful adult? So we're going to talk about that today. Thank you guys for listening along. Welcome to all my podcasters as well. Also want to say thank you for writing in. We just got the most amazing message from someone that's been following along for years. She's uh, she's reading Gangster Prayer, which you guys know I released in the, in the summer. Um, thank you. We want to hear from you. We want to pray for you. We want to be in um, involved in your life. If you have a prayer request, we, we answer 100% of the messages that we get. And that is saying a lot because we get a lot of them. But we, have it, we, we care about you specifically. So if you have a request, whatever it is, Send us a message. You can catch us on social. We're out there on all platforms. But let me go ahead and get to our show today. Her name is Dr. Meg Meeker. And you guys, she is just a genius. Very, very brilliant. She spent more than 30 years as a practicing pediatrician and is the author of the best-selling Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. She serves on the advisory board of the Medical Institute and is a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, she's an associate pr- professor of medicine. She's been on the Today Show. She's been on Fox and Friends, NPR. And she has written a new book, which I believe just released uh, this uh, this month or maybe last month, Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. And you know this is of a great interest to me because I have two daughters, two sons, and also two daughters. And one of them, just happens to be 14 years old. So um, welcome to the show, Dr. Meeker. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Autumn. It's a lot of fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I, I feel like everyone that has a daughter is leaned in because I don't know any of my friends that um, <laughs> want their kids to be unsuccessful. OK, we all yeah. want our we all want to discipline our kids. We all, we all we all have um, uh, we all want the best for our kids. And I think in today's culture, maybe maybe parenting, you know, it's kind of like do what you feel type thing. Um, why did you write? the book, Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. And I want to get into the 11 steps to keep uh, to keep her he- he- happy, healthy, and safe. So tell me, why, why'd you write this book, Dr. Meeker? Uh, well, because I knew that J-Lo was going to be at the Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, doing, doing her antics, which is exactly why I wrote this book. Uh, I really wrote the book because over the past five years, I've had so many parents, a lot of moms, mm-hmm. writing in to, with questions like, um, you know, my 11-year-old is on social media all the time. How much is okay? How much is not okay? Should I allow her or not? Or, uh, you know, my third grader 
is in class with Tommy and the teacher says, call her Tammy, what do I tell my daughter? Mm. Or, you know, my fifth grader is, says that half the class is on a diet and she wants to go on a diet, she won't eat sweets anymore, what do I do? And what I'm seeing is that parents are, are afraid, they're, they're, they're anxious. I mean, they're not crazy afraid. But they think, how am I going to get this kid to 21 being happy and healthy and strong and sane? And I said, you can do it. Take a big, deep breath. Here's how. And that's why, really, I wrote the book was for for all the people who are writing in. And I get it because I'm a mom of four kids. And now I've got, you know, grandkids, four of which are girls. And I feel the exact same way. So I know how mothers of girls who are 5 and 15 feel. And my message is don't be afraid, okay, because you never want to parent out of fear. Roll up your sleeves. We can do this. Mm. And I've seen what I'm talking about work over and over. So, you know, that's why I think it's really important. It's it's so important. Um, and man, I, okay, so enlighten us on some of this wisdom. What are some of the, let, let's start here. What are some of the of, of the major things? I mean, I know specifically I have a four-year-old daughter and I have a 14-year-old daughter. So there's 10 years in between them. But even my four-year-old daughter is dealing with things that my 14-year-old daughter didn't deal with when she was four. Do you understand? You, you, exactly. You, 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 oh, yeah, hanging with me? Sure. The, yeah. the culture has changed so drastically, even in the 10 yeah. years, that uh, Haven, my four-year-old, is being introduced to other things at an early uh, at a much earlier age than than Grace was who's my 14-year-old daughter. So what do you see? What is the common um uh, uh just voices? What are they saying that their daughters are dealing with? And uh, and I want to kind of talk through those. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with um the sense of self, their self-esteem, their identity. And girls are very confused about their worth and who they are, and they're grasping at straws Mm. to figure out, who am I? Mm. You know, what matters? And I routinely, over the past five or six years, knowing I was going to be writing this book, I routinely ask girls, say, 11 on, you know, what are the biggest things that you struggle with, say, sixth grade on? And they always say, without skipping a beat, being thin, (laughs) being thin enough, and what to do with sex. I, I just am confused. I don't want to have it. I don't want to do it. But I feel like I need to because everybody is, which is a misconception. Mm. You know, 50% yeah. of high schoolers are not having sex. Yeah. But you hear about the ones who are. And so there's this real sense. Also, another thing that's very important for parents to hear, too, and we wouldn't think about it, is that kids feel from a very early age on that their worst comes from the stuff they do. Mm. And I think that I did this as well-meaning parents. We want wow. our kids to engage in a lot of activities, to do a lot of things, uh, because we feel it's good for them. We want them to have a lot of experiences to figure out what they like, what they don't like, and we want them to get ahead in life. We want them to have great opportunities. That's all good. But here's the problem. That's all we're doing. And, and we've sort of jumped on this crazy train where we're, you know, trying to get our kids into gymnastics class and the right preschool and the right, you know, kindergarten. And we want them to do and do and do. A, we're not spending enough time with our kids. And B, this is really important, our kids begin to feel that the way they get our attention is by performing, is by doing things. I've had so many teenagers yeah. ready to go off to college say, you know, I'm going to have to give up swimming. I'm not going to swim at school, but I'm scared to death because 
I really wonder if my parents are going to love me or like me anymore. This is who I am. Now, if you ask those parents, do you still love their daughter? They go, of course I do. But, see, we have to look at it from a kid's perspective that this is what they're feeling and this is what they're seeing. And that's why we need to pay attention to parenting them the way they see life, not the way we see life. Okay, so where do we start, Doctor Meeker? How do we how do we do that? Because, I mean, I, I, my I'll t- I'm going to tell on Grace. She doesn't know. I'll t- I'll talk to her about it tonight. But she's she's one of these people that where she is very driven by by success. You know, um, I've got the A honor roll, Mom. Do you see, Mom? Do you see I'm on the A yes, honor roll yes. and I'm saying that's great. And, 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 you know, her striving to do good and to make good grades is not her problem. I actually told her, right. if you got to see on your report card, I would actually be proud of you because you're never yeah. going to be perfect. You're never going to reach that. So don't feel like dad and I love you because you make the A honor roll. Is that a great thing? Yes. But I love you for who you are. So talk to me. How do we combat that? Because this, yeah. oh, you know, we do, there is, there is this peer pressure in our culture oh, to yeah. the gymnastics the sports the this the that having all of the gluten-free snacks oh my gosh vomit yeah. at every single oh. game we, but <laughs> they have to be perfect we have to be perfect what do we do yeah. i'm already sweating oh, the, yeah the pressure on moms begins during pregnancy take the right <laughs> prenatal vitamin make sure you're going to breastfeed till the child is two make sure you don't eat. you know i mean it goes on and on and on yes. here's what you do because i see this phenomenon as well there are a lot of girls out there who are perfectionists that we really have to rein in. Mm. And it's not because the parent's pushing on them. It's because they feel pressure um, by the kids around them. They, they, they need to feel good about who they are. Uh, they don't want to satisfy or find that goodness somewhere else. So they pour it into getting good grades. So there really are kids that are almost compulsively driven to do really well, and they put that all on themselves. So here's a couple of things that we need to, we can really do for our kids. I've taken care of a lot of girls with anorexia nervosa, and the one common thread all the time is they've never failed at anything. Mm, They're wow. terrified to fail. Wow. Even when it comes to dieting, they will not fail, mm. even though it kills them. That's why they're perfect dieters. Um, and so, so one of the things, find opportunities over the next few years for your daughter to be able to do something, even just for fun, where she's not really good at it. Mm. You know, <laughs> let, let, her, let her sing in choir, even if she's a bad singer, mm. because she needs to learn that it's okay to enter in and not be really good at it. The other thing that really helps kids this way, and it helped our kids too, because I have a couple of those kind of kids that are grown now anyway, is that to put them in situations where they're serving other people. For instance, mm. mission work. Get them out of their heads. You know, yeah. put, them in a pla- put them in a place where um, they can't do it perfectly. They can't serve all the needs. They can't really get it right. But they're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about what's going on in somebody else. Mm. And I will tell you, I think this is so critical to kids. I know I've done mission work before, and I've ne- in other countries, I've never felt so inadequate as a physician wow. as when I go to these places. I can't give them enough. Mm. I literally don't have enough medications. I don't have enough time. So if you put your girls in situations, A, where they're out of their own heads and not thinking about, you know, the grades and everything, they're thinking about somebody else, but where they're really in a position where they're giving something completely different and they can't give enough or be enough or do enough. 
it's a wonderful lesson. And then I'll sort of find things for your girls to do that are perfectly fine for them to do, and they're not really good at it. Mm. You know, say your daughter's really not very good at art. Mm. You know, encourage her to take an art class mm. and, 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 and be fine with, with the frustrations. And then finally, as a parent, you know, if your kid does fail at something, say they're, you know, they, they, they get a D on a test or they, you know, they don't score a soccer goal, you know, take them out for ice cream anyway and just say, you know what, that was a really good experience for you, wasn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. what do you learn? Life is okay because these kids feel life is not going to be okay if I don't keep getting straight A's. So finding opportunities beyond academics to show them it really is okay. Yeah. Life goes on. Yeah. Um, I, I have your book in front of me, and I um, I just think our daughters in this time is so – it's important to um, – speak into their lives and to really go there. You you mentioned uh, one of the biggest problems is that we don't spend enough time with our kids. I, I'm looking at yeah. the chapters and I, and I love it. The chapter one, you say, know her heart. Can you talk to me about, about uh, that and just the heart behind that chapter? Sure. You know, I started it off that way again, because I think that if we're going to parent well, we, we need to know what makes our kids tick. Mm. You know, yeah. they're not like other kids. They're not like their siblings. So we have to know what they need and what they want. And then, of course, I follow it up with answer the four biggest questions. Yes, I was going there next. <laughs> yes. Okay, but to know what she wants, she needs to love and be loved. Okay, mm. we all know that. But how do we live that out? How do we show her that? How do we teach her that? We can't teach her that if we're never with her and we're never paying attention because we're always on our phone. Mm. Um, you know, teach her. She, she has a need to nurture now, people will say, no, she doesn't. She has a need to play trucks, da, da, da. Girls have a need to nurture. Yeah, they do. How can she nurture? This is why they pick up their baby dolls and they rock them. I saw my three-year-old little granddaughter rocking her baby doll and mm. hugging on her. I thought, that's really cool. You know, she's not really seen her mom do that, mm. but she remembers. So to understand, the needs of a girl's heart are much deeper than we think they are on a day-to-day basis. We think, well, they need to be able to pick out their own clothes. Okay, we think they need to go to a school that they really enjoy. They, they, they need friends like this or this or this. Well, you know, they need things that are deeper, too. So we need to, to show them how to trust other people, to learn how to love other people, how to nurture other people. And once we start to really pay attention to that and really um, sort of dive into what makes them tick, then we can parent so much better and we worry more about, we think more about the, we focus more on the big things and let a lot of the little things go. And are those, are those the four big, biggest questions that you just went over? Yes. Okay. Now some, no, no, those aren't the four. Oh, oh, That's oh. introducing <laughs> the four. You're giving me yes. so much. So, I'm so like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so knowing, knowing her heart and what makes her tick and what her fundamental needs are is really important. And then the second chapter, the follow-up was answer the four most important questions she has. Mm. And if you notice, they don't have anything to do with performance. Now, where, where are these questions and where do they come from? They're, they're basically biblical questions. They're questions we want God to answer for us. They're, mm. they're basic, basic things like, this is why you're on the earth. And the first question is, where did I come from? Mom and Dad, am I here just because, or am I here because you picked me out, or am I here because I'm an accident, or am I here because, um, you know, you had a one-night stand with a guy, and, I, and I'm an, you know, why am I really here? Mm. Am I put on the earth for a reason? Yeah. You know, did God create me and put me down here? The second qu- question, which is really important, is 
Why am I significant? Do I have value? Mm. Why am I why am I alive, Mom? You a five year old can know why she's alive. Yeah. A ten year old can know why she's alive. Yeah. You know, this isn't just a question for teenagers. And to sit them down and look them in the eyes and say, I want to tell you something. You are here for a reason, a wonderful purpose. I'm not sure exactly what that specific purpose is, but my job as your mom is to help you figure that out as life goes by. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? And I want to tell you something. You are significant to me because you're my daughter, period. Mm -hmm. And if you sat in a closet the rest of your life, I would love you no less and no more. You're incredible to dad and me because you are ours. Mm. And you leave it at that. And that's what makes a girl feel really significant and really valuable. Why is that important? Because you're giving her the deep stuff. You're helping her understand. You're satisfying her deep needs so that when she goes on social media, if she gets a lot of likes or she doesn't, She's she's on solid ground. She's yeah. not there going, I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you all like me. So you're giving her the meat. Um, the third question is, what are the rules in life? Is there a moral foundation to life? In other words, is there right and is there wrong? Because my instincts are telling me this is right and this is wrong, but I don't know that they're being affirmed anywhere. And if they're not affirmed, I feel kind of crazy. What are the rules here, Mom and Dad? And, and the problem with living in a culture that has disbanded all, uh, it's, it's all moral relativism, where what I say is right is not what you say is right. Yeah. You choose what's right, and you choose. It's, it makes kids feel crazy. It throws them into psychologic chaos, if mm. you will, because kids need to know their boundaries. They need to know what's okay to do and not okay to do. They need mom and dad to tell them. They need to, when they're two, to go in the backyard and play in an area that's safe and has a fence around it. Mm. You would never throw your two-year-old in the backyard and go, okay, well, go wherever you want to play. Just be home in an hour. They'd look at you like, I, I don't get it, Mom. Mm. No, you don't do that. You yeah. say, here are the rules. Here's the backyard to play in. And so, and so as they get older, you, you, know, you sort of broaden those. And I, and I talk about discipline is that way. So kids need to know in your family what is the right way to behave and the wrong way to behave. And then finally, where am I going? Mm-hmm. The fourth question is where am I going? Not just where am I going today or tomorrow or next week. Where am I going in my life? Mm. You know, what do you want? What do you think I should be like, Mom, when I'm 18 or 20? You know, I always say our job as parents is to raise a great 25-year-old. So the good news, bad news is if you've got a 16-year-old that's giving you fits and (laughs) is making you pull your hair out, you got nine more years to go. But that's the good news, bad news. But but she's not going to be at 25 like she is 16. And so you've got more time with her. We need to help our kids mature. And then also, ultimately, to give them the security that there is an afterlife, that there is heaven, that God is here and God is with us, and there's so much more to life that we can't see. And I, I really do believe that we can begin teaching those lessons to our kids when they're four and five, or even at 16 if we've never taught them. And I will guarantee you the kids I see who know that, who come through my practice, A, have been taught those lessons by their parents, not by coaches and teachers and friends, Mm. and B, they're standing on solid ground. They have 
deep root. Yeah. So when the wind of our culture comes and tries to knock them over, they bend, but they don't fall down. And so that's why I write about these early in the book. I love this. We, um, I feel like I'm doing something right over here. <laughs> because Good. these are these. And that's, and that's yeah, yeah, a lot of my message to parents is, you know, sometimes all you need to do is tweak your parenting five degrees. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of parents think like, oh, how can I do this? No. You know, if you're even listening to this program, I will guarantee you, you're doing a lot right mm. because you're trying to figure it out. So maybe all you need to do is tweak a little bit here yeah. or there. And then, bingo, you know you got it. I will never forget. I had a 15-year-old in my practice about a year ago, and I said, I want to tell you something. You're a really great kid. You are like a prize patient. <laughs> How is it that you're so great? And, and I almost burst into tears when she turned on the side of her table. She pointed to her mother. Oh, <laughs> wow. She said, there she is. Oh, She's man. the reason I can... Stay away from all the nonsense in my school. And her mother, of course, burst into tears. And then I almost burst into tears. <laughs> I would have too. But that's, yeah, but that's it. Yeah. That's it. Her mother wasn't her best friend. Her mom was a strong mom who taught her these lessons, who said, listen to me. You can be courageous. I got your back. Yeah. You, you can only use your cell phone an hour. I know you hate it, but I got your back. Mm. Be different. And really, I wish that everybody listening could see that because then they go, I got this. I yeah. can do this. Yes, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. The book is about you can do it. You know, don't worry so much about J-Lo's teaching you that you need to be a sexual object and that's the, the sum and whole of life. Mm. No, you know, live differently because that's where your kids want to go and that's where you want to take them, Mom. I love this. I, I love that. Um, uh, I say all the people ask me all the time, are you, you your kids' friends? I'm like, no, I'm their mom. No, no. I am so much more yeah. than their friend. I am their mother. I don't want to be there. I got enough yeah. friends. I don't need another friend. But and she um, does too. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you something. When we insert our ourselves into our kids' peer groups, particularly when they're teenagers, they resent it. Because then we become competition. I mm. hear so many mothers say, oh, I want to wear, I can wear my daughter's jeans. Don't. <laughs> Please. She doesn't want you to compete with her. To her, that's creepy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> buy a pair of mom jeans. You know, I literally, just, you know, because it's creepy for her. She wants her Day. Yeah, she wants to be the center of, of attention when she goes to prom. She doesn't want you. It's kind of like, you know, if, if you're the mother of the, the groom, okay, at your at your daughter-in-law's wedding, wear something that is really pretty non-specific, bland. You know, you mm -hmm. don't want to stand out. I saw a mother-in-law once show up at her daughter-in-law's wedding. She'd had plastic surgery. She had a beige sequined a body-hugging gown on that was far more beautiful than her daughter-in-law's bridal gown. Oh. And that's what I think of a lot of mothers mm. of teenagers try to do. They try to outshine their daughters, mm. and it makes daughters feel so uncomfortable and so insecure. They need mothers who are mentors, mm. mothers who say, you don't need to worry about losing you know, 10 or 15 pounds. Watch me. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And that means, mothers, if you're on a diet, don't say so in front of your daughters. Yeah. yeah. Don't. If you want your daughters not to worry about, you know, losing weight, don't talk about you losing weight. Mm. So even little things like that make huge differences.
in a, in a, in a daughter's world. Oh, Dr. Meeker, I could talk to you all day. We're running out of time and I hate this, but I do want to just um, laundry list through these chapters because I think they're, they're, they're so uh, important. I'm just going to read them real quick. Cause we're, we're about out of time. Um, chapter three is mom mentor ally glue. Chapter four is about dads, which I think is so important. Chapter five, help her take control of her screens Six, teach her healthy versus toxic, toxic feminism, which we didn't have a chance to talk about, but you need to buy the book and read it for yourself. Um, eating, eating body image, root her in faith, um, have her develop a healthy sexuality, help her find good friends, help her be a strong woman, not a victim. Amen to that. I'm so glad you put that chapter in there. You guys go get the book. It's called raising a strong daughter in a toxic culture. I don't know one of my friends that is a parent to school age kids right now that, that, um, shouldn't read this book. I and mean, we, we need it guys. We need the wisdom in it from someone that's gone before us that that has raised successful children. Um, so, so go out there and get it. You get it. Get it. I'm sure everywhere books are sold. Uh, Dr. Meeker, anything to add to close out? Um, sure. I have a website, MeekerParenting.com, and I am creating a community of parents in Meeker Parenting community where I go in and I answer questions. We discuss all this kind of stuff. People talk to each other. It's so much fun. MeekerParenting.com. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Meeker, for being on the show. You're a genius. You're brilliant. And we need your wisdom. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you, Autumn. Thank you. And thank you for listening. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.